Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard in Western Suffolk on 96.9 FM. I'm Michael Mackey. While some Long Island educators are discussing the Israel-Hamas war in class, others are not. Craig Schneider reports on Newsday.com that many parents say it's imperative that schools talk about the war, considering the amount of misinformation going around. Students say it feels weird not to discuss it. Education experts say teachers are wary of this third rail issue, having seen the attacks on teachers over controversies surrounding pandemic measures and parts of the curriculum. Gloria Sesso, president of the Long Island Council for the Social Studies, said the war, which has spurred demonstrations and a rise in anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim sentiments, is simply too hot a topic for some teachers. I'm hearing it's way too sensitive to have discussions in class, said Sesso, a retired history teacher. Sesso said the war can and should be discussed if only by focusing on the geography and the timeline of the conflict's history without taking a side. Early grades could focus on the geography, while middle and high schoolers could also look at the timeline, she said. Long Island has 124 school districts and can theoretically have 124 different approaches to handling information on the Israel-Hamas war, said Alan Singer, a Hofstra University professor of education. Beyond that, individual teachers can choose what to focus on as well. The Board of Regents sets state education policy and has general supervision over all educational institutions, but individual schools and teachers make choices. The East End officially has a covered full-size ice rink. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that Peconic Hockey celebrated the grand opening of its domed rink at Veterans Memorial Park in Calverton on Saturday with ceremonies and a ribbon-cutting attended by members of the New York Islanders, including the team's first captain, Ed Westfall, for whom the Calverton rink is named. Peconic Hockey Foundation President Troy Albert, the driving force behind the effort, told an enthusiastic crowd of supporters of the long, long journey that got the group to the opening of its dream rink. It's the only NHL-sized rink east of LIE Exit 58, and it's in Calverton. For more than 200 years, the Montauk Point Lighthouse at the very east end of Long Island has pulsed like a huge swirling star in a tall bottle. Now, in an era when ships can track their positions with ever more precise marine navigation tools, the lighthouse is a throwback. So is the lens that has just been installed in the glass-walled lantern room atop the lighthouse. James Barron reports in the New York Times that the lens is a huge, upright glass dish that spins on its edge and focuses the rays from an LED into a single intense beam. It turns six times a minute. It flashes every five seconds. Tick, 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 flash. The lens is not new. It is the very one that beamed light on the water around Montauk from 1903 to 1987, when the Coast Guard removed it. The replacements required less maintenance, but some Montaukers grumbled that they were dim. 
I would go there at night to take photographs of the lighthouse, and the lights on the outside of the building were brighter than the light in the tower, recalled Mia Sertic, the executive director of the Montauk Historical Society. The group owns the lighthouse, commissioned by President George Washington in 1792 as one of the new nation's first public works projects and built by John McComb, the architect who later designed Gracie Mansion. The lens, named after the French physicist Augustin Jean Frosnel, made its comeback a couple of weeks ago through a pilot program with the Coast Guard and the Historical Society. And it's brighter than ever. New York Governor Kathy Hochul's regulators are on the verge of settling a discrimination lawsuit, alleging that the state favored convicted pot felons over disabled veterans in the awarding of licenses to sell legal marijuana. Carl Campanile reports in the New York Post that the move would accelerate the opening of hundreds of cannabis stores left in limbo by the Empire State's legal weed war. The details of the proposed agreement were not made public, but the State Cannabis Control Board has called for an emergency meeting today to approve the settlement in the case brought by disabled vets. The slow pace of the legal weed program has given illicit peddlers ample time to establish a big foothold with unlicensed shops. Top Riverhead planning official Jefferson Murphy, who has been suspended since March due to town disciplinary charges, will be coming back to work, but with less responsibility. Last week, the town board voted to reinstate Murphy, 65, as charges of insubordination, incompetence, and neglect of duty remain pending against him. Riverhead Town board members also took measures at last Tuesday's meeting to eliminate Murphy's responsibility of overseeing the building and planning departments. Tara Smith reports on Newsday.com that in March, Riverhead Town Supervisor Yvette Aguiar filed the disciplinary charges against Murphy, the town's building and planning administrator. Murphy served an unpaid 30-day suspension starting in March and has since then been suspended with pay. Town payroll records show he collected a salary of $137,292 in 2022. He'll continue to take home his usual salary following his reinstatement. Aguiar has alleged Murphy mismanaged the town's comprehensive plan update, delayed building and planning work, and was insubordinate after she told him to apologize to a Jamesport Civic Group for comments he made at a February 2022 forum. Though disciplinary hearings usually are private, Murphy asks for his to be public. Quote, what they did was without any warning whatsoever, with no progressive discipline, brought these charges, many of which are ancient, I mean more than a year old, to force him out, Murphy's attorney said. He has a 25-year unblemished record as a municipal employee, said his lawyer. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.